But grace to you and peace from our God and Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in Christ I'm not telling you anything new, and I let you know we live in a sinful age. And the fact of the matter is that this increasing teaching about tolerance simply leads to more sin, doesn't it? Because you and I are slowly being taught by society that we must simply stand by as other people say Jesus is a liar. That's the flat truth, isn't it? You and I are expected in our society to simply stand by as other people proclaim that Jesus has lied. Now, certainly we don't hear other people putting it in those terms, do we? Oh, yeah, they're more educated, they're more subtle than that. They're more able to simply slide it in under the door rather than bold-faced T-shirts proclaiming their belief. But that is exactly what other people today are saying. Now, the biggest one, perhaps, is Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And yet you simply turn on any television show, you turn on any radio station, and you hear people proclaiming there are many ways to heaven. What does it mean? It means they believe Jesus told a lie. That when Jesus said he is the only way to heaven, they think he lied. He didn't tell the truth. The difference, how are we to respond in the face of such criticism? Are we to simply stand idly by and let other people proclaim Jesus told lies? To not defend our Savior's honor, to not stand for our Savior's reputation. Well, that's what society says, don't they? Why, well, you watch any scientific documentary. As you're going to speak about the, the millions of billions of years of accidents that it took to bring the world into its present state. Jesus said, it says right, right there in the Gospel of John, through him all things were made. God spoke the words of creation. Through Jesus Christ our Savior, all things were The, the, the Bible is even a little bit pointed in this particular discussion because it says any person of average intelligence can simply walk outside, observe all of the grandeur of creation, and know there is a God. 
That's a little bit of a jab, isn't it? Any person of average intelligence can simply observe nature and know there is a God. Yeah, the Bible takes shots at some people, doesn't it? Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees of his day, you hypocrites. You carefully wash the outside of, of the bowl, of, of the mug, of the cup, and inside you keep dead men's bones. Really a, a, a great disturbing analogy, isn't it? You can imagine sitting down to a fine dinner. All of the utensils are carefully washed on the outside. You look into your soup bowl and there's some you know, dead men's bones. You'd, oh, you'd be horrified, wouldn't you? But once again, that is exactly what society wants us to have. Everyone running around saying, oh, if you just look okay on the outside. If you just keep up appearances. If you just kind of go through the motions, everything will be okay somehow. And Jesus, our Savior, said, only the overcomers will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Only the people who through the power of the Holy Spirit are able to clean the inside as well will be able to reign on high. Well, who in our society actually believes that anymore? No, rather, we're willing to make excuses for everything, aren't we? And the excuses we make, oh, they sound so good in our ears. That young person should be allowed some extra consideration. Their parents are going through a divorce, you see. So if they curse and swear on the bus, that should be fine for now. Right? I heard that just this week. Trying to discipline a, a, a young man, cursing and swearing on the bus, teaching other little children, sitting by little kindergartners, right? Teaching them bad language. And I wrote him up a couple times, and that's when I got back from the school. His parents are going through a divorce. Just let it. Let it go. Uh, dear friends, you and I as Christians are called to be able to stand up for our Lord, aren't we? And really that's exactly what happened to the disciples in those ancient days, isn't it? They stood for the Lord until they died. Most of them. Now the original 12 disciples, okay, you know Judas, he failed. So we have 11. 
But then they elected a, another one, so they had 12 again. And then Paul joined into the group a little bit later on. So right, we can say we had 13 original disciples still left out in the field doing the work of God. Twelve martyrs. The apostle John boiled in oil so badly injured that he could hardly continue to live. The apostle John, as that great best friend of Jesus from the Bible, brought into church services on a litter because, hey, here he is, the last remaining disciple. We want to have him around. We want to hear from him. A living resource of history. We bring him to the church. He can't stand without assistance. His skin's so badly damaged. When he finally is able to preach, he says, Dear children, Jesus loves you. And that's all the strength that he has. They have to carry him back out again. You see, dear friends, those original disciples had it hard, didn't they? Because they knew Jesus told the truth. And the truth was so very important to them that they made sure other people heard it, you see. We want to be like Jesus. That's what we say. That's what we proclaim our goal to be. And well, guess what? Jesus told the truth, didn't he? Jesus told the truth to such an extent they crucified him upon a cross. Jesus was unwilling to give in to double standards. He was unwilling to let other people spread lies and false rumors. He did what was right. And we killed him for it. You know, those original disciples, they did the very same thing. Can you imagine what would happen to the Apostle Peter today? Here we are in a church, right? His namesake. Peter stood in the temple in Jerusalem and he said, you murdered the Son of God. Why? We put him away for hate crimes, wouldn't we? We would censor him strongly. We would never allow such a thing to happen. A Christian standing up among Jewish people saying, you crucified the Son of God. Peter did that. And you know what the Bible says after that? Thousands of people came to Christ that day. You see, dear friends, if we're just here in this world to, to make buddies, 
If we're just kind of here to, to get along, well, you know, then if you want to call Jesus a liar, then, well, that's okay with me, I guess. But we won't produce lasting change, will we? And there won't ever be anyone standing in heaven saying, thank you for telling me the truth. I needed it. And if we don't ever rebuke sin, if we don't ever provide instruction in righteousness, if we just kind of go with the flow, No one is going to know the truth anymore, will they? And it's not going to have any impact on their life. They're never going to really understand what it's all about. They're never going to get the blessing either, are they? Because, hey, if I don't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, and I don't believe that through him all things were made, how am I ever going to believe he has a good plan for my life? And how am I ever going to come to believe that my sins can be forgiven? And how am I ever going to understand that he really and truly loves me? For you see, we cannot just simply take the promises that we like and somehow claim the other things aren't true and they aren't real. It is the defining decision in a person's life, though, isn't it? We really need to ask ourselves the same question every day. Do I think Jesus told the truth? And if I do, I'm going to then lead my life in a certain way, won't I? And sure, we live in a sinful world and sometimes we're pushed into positions where we have no good choice. We're going to sin at times. But if I believe Jesus, I know my sin can be forgiven. I know I can get up the next day again. I can move forward in the love, in the grace, in the forgiveness of Christ. I can overcome again. If I don't believe in the love, the forgiveness, the grace, it's all just me, isn't it? And oh, hey, I can try to have some new habits, you know. 
I can make a New Year's resolution and try to carry it through. I can go to the psychologist and the analyst and the psychiatrist and get my head kind of rewired so I can do better. But when it's just me, at the end of the day, I failed again. What's the point, really? If I think Jesus lied, somehow everything will be okay and no one's ever going to get punished and we'll all go to some you know, great beyond and everything will just be fine. I don't even have to try anymore. Well, what's the point? But living in that love, in that forgiveness, even though we fail at times, we can get up again. And with that, that idea within our heart and mind that God has a purpose. And he wants me to go into the world and to do good. He wants me to be able to be a useful instrument in his hand. He wants me to be the one that brings the truth, you see. Then you and I have a purpose once more, don't we? To be able to go into our world once again. To be able to go to our, our work centers where maybe other people curse and swear and take the name of our Lord in vain. We don't know quite if we should say anything. Because that might not be politically correct. And maybe that other person's right to take the Lord's name in, in vain is overriding of my right to express my belief in Jesus. And we wonder. We don't quite know what to do. But dear friends, defending the name of our Lord is always right. Jesus, our Savior, loved you so much. He died upon the cross to forgive your sins. And he loved you so much that even though he could have summoned legions of angels to protect him, he stretched out his arms and he took the nail and he took the punishment so our sin could be forgiven. Jesus loves you that much. Don't our neighbors need to know the truth? Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.